And if we just, if we, if we don't make that decision every day to grow and build that temple up, to build it better, build it more toward the temple like Solomon built, then God will not live there. He will not be in a place that is dead and dry. Hey, I'm Amani. And this is Elijah. And this is the Deeper Waters Podcast by Piscatus Bros. Diving right into the waters right here. <laughs> so essentially, we are here to give some sort of Gen Z Bible study, you could say, where we are here as Gen Zers, and we are here to come to you and bring God's word. We are Gen Zers. We were, we're, we're told off that we're stupid, and <laughs> we might just be validating that point right now. But anyways, going into what we were looking at earlier, we're just trying to follow that same call to be fishers of people or what we believe disciples. Simply, you could call us Piscatas Rose. What does Piscata mean? If you actually look at it, Piscato is the Spanish word for fish. And we wanted to create a name for being disciple makers, being fishers of men, and fishy dudes did not sound good. <laughs> There's a difference between fishing as a lifestyle and fishing as a hobby. And when you're living to be a disciple maker, you're pushing yourself, but when you push yourself so much, sometimes you'll you'll eventually get to that state where you, where you just start doing it. What, what, what would really happen if we, if we were wrong? Nothing. But if we were wrong in the other way, man, what... what? What would that life be like? 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 So today we're talking about the temple. And when I, whenever I'm doing a study on the temple or, or they're talking about the temple in the church, I automatically, my brain goes to the visual of King Solomon's temple. I mean, if you do a study on it, it's crazy how beautiful they built this place. See, they built it, it says it, the the ceiling was 180 feet long, 90 feet wide, and 50 feet tall. Which 50 feet tall is is really big, but it in the temple itself, the highest peak was about 270 feet tall, or about 20 stories. That's a really, really big building, especially for that that time. I mean, that would it was a beautiful place. I mean, they, they can, you can go and look it up and. And, and and even non not people that don't believe in our religion can be, can say it for themselves that this was a place to behold. This was a beautiful place, a magnificent place to be built, which is truly amazing. And my favorite part of this is in the Holy of Holies. He did it so right. I wish I wish we could see this place in its true form, but. It's almost kind of what I imagine heaven to be like, as beautiful as what this room could be, but even more beautiful. We couldn't even understand how beautiful heaven will be, but this is kind of what you may, you may see if you were to look at it in your own human eyes. It says the holies of holies were lined with gold sheets, and, and those things had palm trees and cherubims, whatever, however you, you would pronounce that. And then, I mean, this place was truly beautiful the whole thing was gold they had the golden candle post they had the ark of the covenant this this thing this room was literally as if you walked into a room of gold i mean you'd walk into this room and it, it would it, you would feel something i mean you're gonna feel the presence of god that's what that room was meant for but 
it looked beautiful. It looked like what you would imagine the presence of God being. It was such a beautiful thing. And man, this this temple, now over the years, things would be changed and the temple wouldn't always be as nice or they would fix it to be nice again or th- things happened. The temple was destroyed. I mean, so many things happened over time, but the temple was always known as a place of worship and a place for people to come together for God. And now, I mean, we can look in that and we have our churches and things like that. We have now the temple back in that day was has different purposes as it, as we do today. We don't we don't have a create a sacrifice and there's not only one person that can enter the holies of holies. Things have changed, but the church is that place for us now, the place where we can all commune together and I, I truly love the temple. Um it is it is such an amazing amazing thing. And King Solomon he did it right. He wasn't a perfect man. He he was he was an amazing person. He was blessed with many things. He wasn't perfect though. But he built this temple, and it, it was truly beautiful. Yeah, we really wanted to hit you with some of these facts right away because the temple is just something to behold. I mean, I had him intentionally summarize this because the temple is described. It gets three whole chapters to talk about how dedicated it was and how intricate it was. Intricate it was. Yeah, it has from First Kings six to First Kings eight. That's how that's how intricate the temple was. And sometimes it makes me think a little bit about even our own lives, like how much are we putting into things with God? How much are we investing into the temple in our life? How much are we investing into our own walk with God? Like, it's just so amazing to behold how not only huge it was, magnificent, it was full of riches, but just how holy that place was and how revered that place was. I mean, people couldn't even just walk into the holies of holies. That's how holy it was. But I wanted to start this out with a scripture passage in 1 Kings 8, 10 through 13. And this is talking about when they placed the Ark of the Covenant into the Holies of Holies. So it said, when the priest came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. And the priest could not continue their service because of the cloud of the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord. Then Solomon prayed and said, O Lord, you have said that you would live in the thick cloud of darkness. Now I have built a glorious temple for you, a place where you can live forever. You see, the temple place, the the temple is supposed to be a place of dwelling, a dwelling place of the Lord. And the Ark of the Covenant, I don't know if we really explained that much about it, but that was supposed to be where the holy place was and that's why when jesus came and died and that veil was torn it was to show that his holy spirit was released throughout all the earth it wasn't just one specific place that we had to go into and it's just important that we remember this because his spirit wasn't always available for us to just have all the time living inside of us but it used to only be in that one spot in the temple and this was followed by an extensive dedication of the temple and its purpose. Uh, that chapter is a really long chapter, and I was thinking about putting the verses in here and the chapters in here, but they were just a little too long. We made it have just spent the whole episode just <laughs> talking about this whole section, but it, it, it's it's just amazing. And when I looked at that part after that followed, 
it reminded me how important it is to have a dedication, not just to a temple, but our own lives. Have we dedicated ourselves to the purpose of being a temple? We kind of saved this. We want to give you all the facts about a temple because the next scripture we have here reminds us that now we are a temple. We're not just required to go into a temple when jesus died and became a sacrifice instead of going to a place to be holy holiness can come to us and purity can come to us as long as we allow it so if elijah could just read this next verse i think it'll be really interesting if you haven't read it already to see what it means to be a temple yeah in um first corinthians 6 um 19 through 20 don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God brought you with a high price. He bought you with a high price, excuse me. So you must honor God with your body. And he's saying here right now that you are the temple now because you have the Holy Spirit in you. Like the temple had. The temple was the place that you would go for the Holy Spirit. But after God died for us, he has given you the Holy Spirit. So now you are the temple. Wow, what, a, what, a, what an amazing gift. He, 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 bought, he bought that. He bought us. He bought our lives. He paid for us. He paid for us to live these lives so that we could in turn worship him. So we, we must honor God. It says at the end, we must honor God with our body. We must make sure that we live a holy and acceptable life. We need to make sure that we're living right. Like the temple of Solomon, how beautiful of a place it was. We need to make sure that we're living the life of somebody that God wants to truly live inside of. Because he wants to live inside of us all. But he will only enter in into the people that are willing to accept him. And the people that are trying to live a holy and accept an acceptable life and so what are we putting on the altar of our life what what are we doing every day to make sure that we're laying down to god right what are we what are we laying down to god every day to make sure that we are living that life that god will then live inside of us what what more could we do for God? We, that, uh, that's always the question, I, I think. Because if he's going to live inside of us, we need to make sure that we're, that we're treating our body like we would treat the temple of God back in the, in the Old Testament. Yes, and I agree with that. And I think another thing to expound upon outside of the temple and how glory it is and how much upkeep it took. Like there was plenty of formalities you had to do to enter into the temple. And you couldn't even get to certain parts. And now that's what God says we are. But I think another thing to emphasize was the importance of the Ark of the Covenant. That was the final seal of the temple. And they used to take that before there was a temple, there was a tabernacle and it would move all over the place and then they finally made a place for it to dwell and that represented his holy spirit that was where you went and sacrificed and even the priest couldn't go into the holiest of holies all the time but then when jesus died that veil was torn and that power was given to us but you have to keep in mind that up until that point you could not just mess around with the ark of the covenant like when they were transporting it there was a time when somebody didn't put the rails upright to carry it out and it fell, and somebody just tried to touch it, and they died. Right? How scary would that be? I mean, you're trying to save it, but you end up dying. Wow. 
because that's how important it was and now that lives inside of us so you have yeah. to keep in mind that this is not just something that we should take for granted it says it's a gift because jesus bought it we could not have done anything to earn it so now that we can have it and once it is in our lives which is if you don't have that in your life i would encourage you to pray even right now that you will receive it but once we have that it's important that we are respectable with it and that we do honor god with our body because if not then typically that wouldn't come with very good consequences so i want to bring our attention to a specific story in the bible in the temple and this is in leviticus 10 1 through 3 and this is talking about aaron's son which if you don't know who aaron is or his sons aaron was the main priest and that was moses's brother so anyways once this whole establishment of the temple was made aaron was made the priest and he was the priest before that, but he had two sons and this specific story here in Leviticus. So starting with verse one, it says Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu put coals of fire in their incense burners and sprinkled incense over them. In this way, they disobeyed the Lord by burning before him the wrong kind of fire, different than what he had commanded. So fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and burnt them up and they died there before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord meant when he said, I will display my holiness through those who come near. I will display my glory before all the people. And Aaron was silent. He had nothing to say. He was in hush mode. He couldn't even be mad because God gave specific commandments. And even through people who weren't acting holy, he still displayed his holiness. And he displayed why you need to respect that. But that makes me think about us and our own lives and how that can be applied now. We can't just be living a casual life because casual Christians, especially nowadays, we will be casualties. We can't just live a life and say, oh, I believe in God and not obey the way God talks about. And I know we've been focusing on this a lot, that the whole thing about works is taken out of context when it talks about works of the law because we couldn't earn this but there's still certain things we have to obey and we still need to make sure that we are living our lives holy and not just living any kind of way because if we're just living any kind of way we're going to be punished for that i know there's a couple more scriptures we have following this but this is the biggest analogy i think we have the biggest connection between yeah that specific story and how we live now there's consequences when we're not living right there's mm -hmm. consequences when we don't obey god's word mm -hmm. and we just have to make sure that we are living with dedication that we are living with purpose and that we are obeying his word we can't just putting be putting any sort of thing in front of god because we have the holy spirit inside of us and we just can't trample on the blood of god we can't just trample yeah. on that sacrifice it's a gift and it's a gift that we need to revere we can't just live any kind of way because it's not going to force you to do certain things but there will be consequences if we do not follow what god says mm -hmm. especially after we receive his holy spirit and have a sense of direction we need yeah. to obey that direction mm. yeah i mean absolutely i mean absolutely if we do not live um a life like that i mean we need we need to make sure that we're doing that and it, it makes me think um, I mean, obviously, everything we do here is about being a disciple maker. But how will you effectively be a disciple maker if you're not applying the, these things to your life? If you're not truly trying to live that way, how are you? How do you plan on being a 
true disciple maker. Um, and we're going to be going on to 2 Corinthians 6, 14, 14 through 18. And I believe this, this really correlates with what we're, we're talking about here. And it says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light leave with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And, and what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For where are the temple of the living God? As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among the unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So like I was saying, how, how are you going to be an effective disciple maker? We, can't, we cannot be effective disciple maker if we are living lives where we're with the unbelievers. Now, now, God is not saying do not reach the unbelievers. Like, don't, He's not saying don't be a disciple maker to people that don't believe. That's what we need to do. But we do not team up with the unbelievers. We do not say, okay, you're right, and we're going to come together and we're going to mix what we believe. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll take down what I believe to more agree with you. That's what God is saying here. We cannot mix with wickedness. We cannot partner with them because we will never be effective in being a disciple maker if we let these things enter in our lives. I mean, literally, he says here, I'll be your, I'll be your God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from the, among the unbelievers. Do not be a part of the unbelievers. Be set apart from the unbelievers. Don't just let the things of this world change you. Change them. Be an effective disciple maker. Be a fisher of people, but you have to be set apart. You cannot be the same. Because if we let ourselves be the same thing and, and we are exactly like everybody else and, and, we, and we let our religion go and we let the things that we believe go and we just say, well, you know what? I, maybe, I, maybe I'm changing on this and maybe I'll let more of the world take over. We, we can't do that because God is, is there for us. We are the temple now. And if we let things destroy this temple, we'll never truly be able to be disciple makers and we'll never truly be able to be true servants of God if we let those things happen. Yes. And if you look at the timeline of the church, you would realize if you study from outside of the Bible, that is where the church started to end. It wasn't because of persecution. It wasn't because of all this other stuff. It was when the church said, hey, you know what? We're going to align with the government. And it's not to say you can't work with the government. We're going to align with the systems put in place and make a combination. And that's when different churches started to emerge, such as the Catholic Church and other churches, where they established a religion that wasn't the religion of God. That wasn't the original thing because they were so focused on merging together and coming together with the world instead of coming together with unity in Christ and reaching the world. We're instructed to reach the world and pull them in and not just hold hands with them. But another thing you want to focus on here, too, is that what holiness really means. Holiness is not about exalting yourself. Holiness is about living lowly, and holiness is also about a separation. That's the two things that makes something holy. It's something of being humble and something of being lowly. 
But when you are not humble, when you're prideful, and then when you're living any kind of way, so there's no indication that, hey, I am a Christian, I am a child of God, so I'm not going to take part in these things. I still love you. I'm still going to reach out to you. I'm still going to be nice to you. But that doesn't mean that I'm just going to live any kind of way because we are a temple. We hold something. We hold a treasure. I know there's a part of Corinthians that describes what we have, the light inside of us. We're just a vessel and we contain a light, a great treasure. So it doesn't matter what effort is going on around us. It's important that we keep ourselves pure and that we continue to live in righteousness and continue to live according to him. Because as soon as we start living any kind of way, that is when we lose our purpose. But just continuing on into the next passage here in first peter 2 and 5 it says that you are living stones that god is building into his spiritual temple what's more is you are his holy priest through the meditation of jesus christ you offer spiritual sacrifices that please god so when you think about this it's important to realize that we are a part of something larger than ourselves. So while we are individual temples and while we have our own witness to make the people, we're also a part of a body. We're unified in spirit and in truth with other people. and We're unified to God. So we need to make sure that we are living together and building up a temple, building up a church that is an aligning, aligning with God. And we need to make sure that what we're offering is fruits of the spirit we need to make sure that we're dying daily to ourselves and getting rid of things that aren't of god and purifying ourselves and making ourselves an example to the believers it doesn't matter what your age is i know there's a part of timothy that talks about letting no man despise your youth but to be an example of the believers not just be a part of the believers but to set an example in the way that you live and the way that you talk and your purity and the way that you love people that is the evidence that you are living in god it's not just, oh, I go to church, but then I go to the world. No, it's that separation and also working with other people who are holy and living together. The purpose is huger than ourselves. We have to make sure that we are all working together because we are, we're beings. And that's why I love how it says that we are a temple because we're beings. Human beings are made to worship something. If you look around at the world, you'll see various temples for different countries and for different religions various various different religions and even within our own religion or religion uh i would actually go as far to say other religions that branch out of christianity with heresies mm -hmm. there's all sorts of temples everywhere but not every temple has the power of god so we have to remember that mm. we are made to worship something so if yeah. you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping something else. And idolatry was the biggest sin in the Bible. That's the first thing. So if you love God and you're putting him first, you're going to obey his commands. You're going to make sure that yeah. God is the first thing put first. And I love that's how that was the last episode that we have was putting God <laughs> first. Yeah, We have to put God first because that's what we are a temple. We are temples. So if we're not putting God first and God is not our place, we don't have a place of the Holy Holies, then what do we have in its place of the Ark of the Covenant? What do we have in the place of the Holy Ghost? That's the mm. issue. Nobody yeah. should be taking that place of the Holy of Holies. So we yeah. need to make sure that we are right and that we are working together and building 
it's just we are living stones as well we're not just an individual temple but we're a part of a bigger body so when we yeah. unite what are we making mm-hmm. yeah absolutely what what are what are we making when we come well, when we come together for god i mean everything that we're we're talking about today we we truly just want you guys to realize that you know, if you already don't realize this, I know there are people that listen to this podcast that that know a lot and they listen to us because we give a lot of information and we go in a lot of detail. There are some people that I know listen to us that don't know much about much about God and don't and and are coming and learning a lot of a lot of new stuff. So when we talk about this stuff, we know that there are some people that know this stuff and and even the people that know a lot of stuff, maybe we've talked about stuff today that that maybe you didn't know but the point of this podcast is that we reach somebody that's why we're doing this we're doing this because we want to reach out and we want to be disciple makers and and when we're talking about being being a temple we need to make sure that we're living not just we're not just living our lives and like he, like he said, we need to make sure we're separate and we need to make sure that we're not just doing one thing in the world and, and then coming and doing something at church. But I mean, that, that applies so heavily that if we, if we do that, then what, what are the people we're, we're, we're doing? What kind of, what kind of character are we building? And we need to make sure that no matter who you are, what your background is, what, whatever you're doing, you're just striving to be more like God, to be more in God's presence, to be, to be the person that God wants you to be. But you need to start by being that temple, the temple that you are. We all are the temple of God. But what are, what are you doing? Are you striving to be the temple God wants you to be? Are you striving to build a life on yourself that God really wants for you? Are you trying to reach that point in your life where 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 you're trying to be comfortable or are you trying to reach that point in your life where you're not going to stay comfortable that you're going to strive to do more in God you're not just trying to reach that next oh I'm going to be in them I'm just going to be sitting at my church or I'm going to watch online at church however you however you do it uh, you're not going to just watch the service but you're you're going to be going around and telling people about God because that's what we're all called to do is 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 to reach people and and we're not if are you going to just stay comfortable and just watch that or are you going to go and try to reach people whether that is ministry in church whether that is going out even if you serve a ministry at church i believe you should always be trying to give a bible study to someone to be reaching somebody regardless if you're doing ministry in church i think that's very important but what 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 does that look like if you say you don't know what you're doing to build up your temple then, then you should probably be working on that. I can say every day I have to wake up. We all have to wake up and make that decision. Today, I am going to build my temple. Today, I'm going to grow in my temple. Or today, I'm not going to worry about my temple. Today, I'm just going to sit, sit, sit down and relax and let my temple just start decaying. And then as soon enough, if you just leave your temple alone, it, like I said, it starts to decay. And then eventually your temple is not something that is powerful. Your temple is something that has just been sitting. And if a temple is vacated, then there's nothing in there. God's not going to want to live in, 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 in an empty and dead place. 
And if we just, if we, if we don't make that decision every day to grow and build that temple up, to build it better, build it more towards the temple like Solomon built, then God will not live there. He will not be in a place that is dead and dry. Another thing you have to realize too is that this temple got destroyed as marvelous and as beautiful as it was, as the people fell away from God. It got destroyed, it got ravaged, and it wasn't for the purpose of saying that, oh, God could be destroyed. No, it was destroyed because the people didn't upkeep it. So God was like, I'm going to punish you. I'm going to take my spirit away from you. So then you realize what a blessing it is. So let's not learn the hard way. Uh, but another thing that I want to bring to your attention, too, is that it's very important to you know, when you become a, especially when you first become a believer, I know you really want to learn about the message of the gospel and learn about Jesus and read a lot of the New Testament. But it's also important to see why the New Testament matters so much, the symbolisms and the purposes and the specific wordings that are used are used for a reason because the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. The meanings and the purposes and the specific customs and the specific traditions that people used to have to do are very symbolic of what it is now and looking back um there's a specific plan that a lot of our churches and our denominations do it's you can find this uh specific prayer plan at churchaliveupc.org and it's talking about uh praying through the tabernacle plan and the tabernacle is what the temple was based off of but we wanted to save this towards the end of this podcast or the second half of this podcast to just talk about how exactly people had to go through the tabernacle and how exactly people had to the formalities that people had to go through and we're not going to go too far in depth but i don't want to cover certain parts of the tabernacle so you understand what people had to go through just to even approach god and then also, if you look up this plan, it's also a way that you can pray yourself and to make sure that, hey, this is a temple, so let me make sure that I'm praying. This is a guide that you can use to your own prayer life. So it just talks about at the beginning how the tabernacle is set up. But the first thing it talks about is the gate. And that was the entrance area of the, the temple. So it said we had to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So that's one thing you can do at the very beginning of your prayers to enter it with prayer and with praise. But mm-hmm. following that, there was a brazen altar. And it says right here, this for a sinful man to even approach the holies of holy, there had to be a blood at sacrifice. Blood symbolized life and the punishment for sin was death. So people had to make a sacrifice. So this is a good chance and opportunity for one to repent. And then the third thing that it talks about was the labor of water. So once you had repented and once you your sins were atoned for, then you had to cleanse yourself. You had to purify yourself. So this is a good time to meditate on his word and allow God's word to wash over us. Then following that, after you washed your hands and you had made a sacrifice, you would find five pillars. And these pillars represented characteristics of God. So this is a good time to offer praises to God and to say how good he is. Then after that, I don't know if you've noticed how intricate this was, that you had how intricate it was to even get close to the Holy of Holies. 
but guess what there's more there's a little more so once you got past the water and once you got past those pillars then there was golden candlesticks and this oil was symbolic of the illuminating of the revelatory power of the Holy Ghost this represented how the Holy Ghost was so when you pray you can focus on the source of light God and pray for the anointing that it comes from God so then once you get past that then there's a table of showbread and this bread symbolized God's willingness to fellowship with us so when you read in the Bible, for example, in John 6, uh, 6 and 35, it talks about how Jesus said, I am the bread of life. So Jesus is willing to give his life to us. So we need to make sure that we're partaking of it. We need to make sure that we're reading his word. It says that Jesus was the word in flesh. So we need to make sure that we are taking part of his life. Then following that, <laughs> I know there's a lot there was an altar of incense. So this is where, this is the part where, uh, when I read that story, when people put forth a strange fire and a strange incense, this is where God got rid of people. But right here, it's just only the fire of repentance can burn in the incense of our intercession. This is a symbol of prayers and intercessions going up to God as a sweet fragrance. So we need to make sure that we're not praying in vain. We need to make sure that we're not living in vain and just putting anything on this altar of incense. But we need to make sure that we're doing that with dedication. Then following that, there was a veil. And this is the veil that was torn, but this marked, uh, there was an, this, this veil marked the ultimate separation that was between us and the holies of holies and people couldn't just walk up here and even the priests couldn't just walk up here priests can only go into the holies of holies at certain points uh a certain point in the year and they only did it like once a year or so so we need to make sure that uh in this prayer plan it says we need to make sure that we are getting past this barrier of our flesh now there's no barrier that god is placing in our lives but we need to make sure that we're getting rid of any barriers that we have to reach the holies of holies to reach where god wants us to have and then the last part of the tabernacle was the holies of holies and this is where the tabernacle was this is where his spirit dwelt so I, I just kind of went through a basic overview. There's plenty of other details that you're going to find if you look this up. And I would highly recommend looking this up. There's plenty of prayer plans out there. And you don't have to do a specific prayer plan. But I thought it would be cool to look over this prayer plan. But also just go into how intricate it was to even go through the formalities. And now all we have to do is pray. You don't have to pray this way. You don't have to do it this specific way. But this prayer plan really outlines how yeah. much you had to go through to even get close to God and now we just have that dwelling inside of us because we're a temple you know like I said you don't have to pray a certain way but no. you can't take it for granted that yeah, we could just go, you couldn't just go into the, the mm -hmm. tabernacle no. but now we are a temple yeah absolutely and you know like you said you don't have to pray this way but I have found like if times in my life where I was like I don't feel like praying this morning and you know that's the flesh and we all have those moments but going through this plan is also really really beneficial because you you kind of have those steps and and that first step how you talk about 
Entering to his gates with thanksgiving. In Psalms 104, it says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Ever since I was a little kid, for some reason, that was my favorite verse. And it's always been my favorite verse. And I could not explain to you why, years ago, why it was my favorite verse. But I've I, I've studied and I, I was like, why do I like this verse? It could just be because I like it. But why would someone want to really evaluate this verse? But like in the beginning part, like you just said, And, you know, I don't really know why that was always my favorite verse. And I, and I kind of studied it and evaluated it. And I was like, why is this? Because obviously you can just like a verse because you like a verse. And, and that's fine. There's some verses we just like. But I wanted to see why was it important. But like in the beginning that it says give thanks unto God. Anytime we come into God, it is good to always give thanks to him. In my, in my life, I've lived a life where I've made some mistakes. And I've messed up. But I knew that I could come to God and give him the praise that he deserved. Because whether whether I was right in my life doesn't mean God is exempt from that praise. You enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be, so you got to be thankful. I was, Always you should be thankful for God and to give him praise. No matter what you do in your life, and make sure to give the time to thank God for what he's done and give him praise. And then we go to those next steps and, and we get deeper into the way we pray. And and you don't have to pray like that, but it gives you a good template of what you can pray like. And I, and I can tell you that there are days, and even now, like just a couple of days ago, I, I was just sitting there praying and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to pray through this because it helps me to make sure I'm structured in my prayer. And we don't, not everything we pray about needs to be like boom, 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 and needs to have a structure, but it definitely helps. And I think, I think that, um, God likes it when we give him praise like that because we are putting in the time and effort to actually care about, um, giving a, good and perfect prayer not perfect prayer but just spending the time to study and then and then with that study praying about what we studied and you know and things like that and i think it is so vital things like this and and the prayer plan and going through the temple we're not in the temple anymore and like we said we are the temple now but it's still important to keep some of these things i believe in intact with god and, and the way we pray Yes. And I think another thing he was talking about how you need to be thankful, but why do you need to be thankful? Well, the reason is because of God's mercy and his grace. When we get to come to him, no matter how much we messed up. And even then, like they can't mess it up. And that was why they had to keep coming to him because now we don't have to do sacrifices, but going to God and praying is still, it's such a humbling experience and it's a repentant spirit. Uh, experience and that's all God ever wanted was for people to turn to him to be humble and to repent and to bow before him and we still do that now and I, I think another thing that was cool, cool to mention about the Ark of the Covenant when he talked about the two cherubim the two types it's a type of angel but he talked about the two cherubim that were uh, had their wings around something on the top of the Ark of the Covenant they had their wings around the mercy seat and that symbolized how God's mercy is always there with them and we have to be willing to humble ourselves and to come towards him and to bow and to worship him 
because of his mercies and because of his grace, because he didn't have to give us the opportunity to purify ourselves. He didn't have to give us the opportunity to be able to turn to him when we mess up. That was the whole purpose of the temple outside of worshiping him. What, it was a place where you would come and humble yourself. And it was a place where you would make a sacrifice. So now that we are a temple, instead of sacrificing other things, we die daily to our flesh and we live our life as a sacrifice. And we live our lives humbly and we live our lives as a holy people because he's merciful and that's what it requires to be a christian you're not required to be perfect but we're required to continue to turn to god and to make an effort to live separate and to make an effort to live holy and to live lowly and underneath god's mercy and grace i think that's just so amazing how it still parallels even though it's not exactly the same thing the symbolism is just so great and so awesome. Thank you guys so much for uh, sticking with us through this podcast. We know we had to do a little bit of a break, and then we've been back now. Um, and we've had a few technical difficulties. We're trying to find out what's right, and it's not perfect. But we want to thank you so much for still listening and, and, and being a part of this with us. We really, really appreciate everything um, you guys have said and, and all the feedback we've gotten and, and everything and we, and we really truly just really appreciate everything you guys have done and thank you for listening to this podcast and yeah with, without you guys we really <laughs> we wouldn't be able to be here right because but we would just have these conversations on our own truly if we weren't here talking to you guys we'd be having conversations uh, we try to make sure we, we talk about just about God because it's always important to find somebody to talk about God with you don't know if you don't let God enter in your life then if you're spending more time doing something else and not on God then you have a problem so we want to make sure that we're always doing that yes our purpose here in general and for this podcast is to be disciples so just to reach out and you know we're not always going to understand everything but it's our effort to we have to make an effort to look and to read and to pray but we're just so thankful for you guys listening through. And like you said, there was a couple technical difficulties throughout this episode, pausing and playing and being virtual and three hour time difference. But it's worth it because we don't do this to get plays. We don't do this podcast and we're not doing this to say, oh, we're perfect people. We mess up plenty of times throughout the podcast, but it's just it's really how it is. You, you, you yeah. shouldn't let that prevent you from being a disciple maker. And that's part of yeah. the reasons why we don't edit out all of our mistakes aside from a glitch. It glitches the we were beginning of this very badly and it was pretty laughable so that stuff like that we're going to edit out but yeah we just want to show you that even though like everything's not going to be perfect you have to put forth an effort to live a sacrifice absolutely but, like i said we don't do this for any views or clicks or anything like that but we do this because we have a passion to share the gospel so i hope that this blessed you and that this touched you you can feel free to reach out to us on any of our platforms and i just pray that you would have a blessed day and that you would remember this and that you would get into your word and treat your life like you are living a living temple for god so god bless god bless